if they feel their time with good deeds and iman, right? So in order for you to be a person of success, you have to fill your time with iman and good deeds. We have 12 months in the year, right? Even in this, we're looking more at the lunar calendar. And we see that in every month or even in every part of the year, Allah has decreed some wisdoms that are particular to that time that suits that particular time. There is a beautiful book, it's called uh, Lataif and Ma'arif. Uh, I don't know if it's translated into English, but um, it's basically a book, uh, Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he talks about every single month in the Islamic year and the virtues of those months and how the Prophet, their companions and the Salaf, they used to be in these months and the important things that we should do in those months. Okay, because Allah, he, there's a wisdom and he's decreed particular things depending on the season, the month, that time, okay? And right now we are in the time of Sha'ban. And Sha'ban is that month that immediately precedes Ramadan. So because it's that month that is right before Ramadan, it is a very, very important place in the life of a Muslim. And it's really important and it's really sad, honestly, is that a lot of times we don't think of Sha'ban in this way. We don't, we don't give it the importance that it deserves. It's, it's known as one of the neglected months because everybody is focused. Uh, Rajab is a sacred month that just finished. Today's the last day of Rajab. And then Sha'ban. And then Ramadan is another month that we all, you know, it's a very important month. So Sha'ban tends to be left neglected, right? Because many people are not aware of the virtues of this month, okay? And this is something that Ibn Rajab rahimahullah, said himself. He said that uh, there's a month that many people are heedless of, and it's that month that is between Rajab and Sha'ban. I mean, Rajab and Ramadan. Okay, so let's talk about some of those virtues of Sha'ban. And the virtues of Sha'ban come in reality from the position of that month. We said it's a month that immediately precedes Ramadan, it comes right before Ramadan, it's the door to Ramadan. And that's what makes this month so special, right? Ibn Rajab, he used a parable to kind of help us to understand um, the nafila before the fara'id, the voluntary prayers that come before the obligatory prayers, right? And similarly in Sha'ban, you do the voluntary fasting to prepare for the obligatory fasting that comes in Ramadan. So it's a month that you want to spend as much as you can preparing for Ramadan. And the one who prepares in the month of Sha'ban, you know, thinks about what I need to do to be better. What can I increase in? And works hard in this is the one, is the person who's ready to embrace Ramadan. Okay. On the other hand, the person who starts Ramadan on the night it's announced, it's not the same person who spends Sha'ban striving and is not gonna have the same benefits in Ramadan and is not gonna have the same virtues and fruits once Ramadan ends, okay? So all the things that are specific to Ramadan, such as fasting, taking yourself into account, reading Quran, increasing in prayer, praying in the night, all of these things are also specific to Sha'ban in general. What I mean by this is like, start doing these things now. Fasting is not obligatory in Sha'ban, 
but start doing the voluntary fasting now so that the obligatory one becomes easy for you. Start taking yourself into account now so that you have goals and objectives that you would like to achieve in Ramadan. Start reading the Quran now so that it's easier for you when you begin Ramadan, okay? I'll give you an example. The example of prayer. Say someone goes to the masjid early, um, makes their proper wudu, walks to uh, the masjid, um, it walks with sakina, with tranquility, calmly to the masjid, enters the masjid, prays their two rak'ah uh, um, in the masjid, right? And then let's say they pray, if, if it's duhr, they pray their sunnah before duhr. And then they sit in the masjid, maybe they're doing dhikr, istighfar, reading Quran, waiting for the imam to start the prayer and then the imam comes in and you pray the prayer with the imam from beginning to end okay this is like the example of the person who prepares for ramadan they go early they don't wait for ramadan to start to start doing acts of worship okay they do the nawafil they don't wait for the obligatory acts of ramadan so that by the time that ramadan comes in they're ready they've already built these habits, okay? And I think we all know it's difficult. It's, it's very difficult just to pray the five daily prayers, to have to wake up and make your wudu and pray them and pray them on time. And sometimes, you know, our nafs, and honestly, reality, it gets lazy and we have to drag ourselves to it. And then if you want to increase even more, that's gonna be even more difficult. So start now, okay? So this person, by the time Ramadan comes, they're ready. Why? Because they prepared. They, they're able to perform Ramadan with excellence because they prepared in Sha'ban. Look at the opposite example. Let's say a person came for Salah running late. They run to the masjid. Now they're out of breath. They miss their first suraka with, um, with the imam. They have to quickly make wudu and they do it so fast. They just wash everything once, right? Um, they, they rush there. They only caught one or two raka'ah with the imam. Are these two people the same? No, right? And that's the reality. We, each and every single one of us, and this is a reminder to myself first, you, we choose what kind of person we want to be when it comes to the month of Ramadan. Do you want to be the one who goes early or the one who comes late and barely catches anything? Okay. So from one angle, we're talking about filling our time up with worship, um, and we said because of taking advantage of our time and we don't really know if we will reach Ramadan. So we shouldn't wait, you know, prepare now, fill up your time now with worship and obedience to Allah. Now let's also talk about things specific to the month of Sha'ban. Um, Aisha anha, there's a hadith that, she, that is narrated on her authority as uh, so that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to fast. She said until we thought that he would not break his fast and then he would break his fast until we thought he would not he was not going to fast, meaning that he would fast for periods of time and then and, and then they thought like he's never not going to fast and then he would not fast for periods of time until the people thought is he ever going to start fasting and this is outside of Ramadan. And then she said, I never saw any month which the Prophet ﷺ fasted completely except for Ramadan. And I never saw him fast another month like uh, then he fasted uh, in Sha'ban. And in other narrations, it says that he used to fast all of Sha'ban or he used to fast all of Sha'ban except for a tiny amount. So let's look at this in stages. 
Okay, let's look at the times of Shaban. Firstly, that we shouldn't fast. And the times in Shaban that we shouldn't fast is a day or two before Ramadan. And that is for you to kind of take that break um, so that there's no continuation into the month's fasting so that you can take that break, make your intention for Ramadan. Um, also, there is the Yom Shak, the day of doubt, which is the day that you wait for the moon if you're able to see it or not, which will dictate whether we fast 29 or 30 days. So you don't want to fast the last two days of Sharaban. Take a break, start fasting the first day of Ramadan. Unless you are someone who habitually fasts, let's say um, two days before Ramadan, let's say lands on a Thursday, and you're someone who habitually fasts Mondays and Thursdays, then for you, it's okay for you to fast that last Thursday before Ramadan um, because of your habitual fast. Same as um, uh, someone who fasts like the fast of Dawood. Um, this is someone who fasts one day, break one day, fast one day, break one day. And let's say, you know, it, they keep going until right before Ramadan. This is fine as well because it's habitual to that person. Okay, so now we understand what is not permissible for us to do. And unless you're a habitual faster of these voluntary fasts, which is to fast those two days before Ramadan. Um, the, another thing you can do to prepare for Ramadan by fasting in Sharban is fasting the 13th, 14th, and 15th of that month, right? And these are known as the, the white days. And since we're talking about the 13th, 14th, and 15th, um, we don't want to single out the 15th because this is not from the Sunnah and there is no authentic hadith that encourages worship on the 15th, like the halfway mark of Shaban or on that night of the 15th. And we'll talk more about this soon, inshallah. Another thing you can do in addition, if you'd like to the th fasting 13th, 14th and 15th is fast Mondays and Thursdays for the entire month of Shaban. Or if you want to take it a, a step further, if you're able to fast the fast of Dawood, one day fast, one day break, one day fast, one day break. Or you can even do fast every day as much as you can, except for a little bit. So maybe there's days that you're really tired, um, so you don't fast. And then you don't fast the, the few days before um, um, Ramadan, or you fast half of the month, you know, things like that. You fast 20 days and you give yourself 10 days as a break. So there's no harm in any of these. But the point is do something, you know, but everybody has different levels. And this is from the mercy of Allah that he's giving us abilities to do different acts of worship. Maybe fasting is easier for one person. Praying is easier for another person. Reciting Quran is easier for another person. Allah has blessed another person with wealth. So they're able to give more in charity. Um, so, you know, look at what you're able to do and try to do that. Okay. Now, we want to talk about that 15th of Ramadan, that high, um, of Shaban, the halfway mark. And we know that Shaban, there's a hadith that tells us that Shaban is a month in which deeds are raised to the Lord of the worlds. Deeds are raised to Allah. And the Prophet said, and I love for my deeds to be raised while I am fasting. And this is one of the reasons he would fast a lot in the month of Shaban. Now, there are some hadith on the 15th of Shaban. 
And there had so there are hadith that indicate that deeds are raised to Allah in the month of Sha'ban generally. We don't have a specific day. There's hadiths also that indicate that there, the deeds are raised to Allah on the 15th, meaning the halfway mark, that halfway night in Sha'ban. However, if you were to look at these ahadith individually, every single one of these ahadith, every single one of them doesn't escape from having a weakness in it. So all of these hadith are weak, okay? Some scholars, just as a side benefit, some scholars looked at all of these hadith together, like Sheikh al-Albani, and they said that if you gather all of the chains from these different hadith and put them all together, then that hadith could raise to a level of being acceptable. But when you look at them each individually, those individual chains are weak, okay? Now, whether this is true or not, it's important to highlight or focus on the fact that there is no single authentic hadith for singling out the 15th of Sha'ban with fasting, with praying, with dua, with reading Quran, etc. So the point is you don't want to say, oh, this is the 15th of Sha'ban because it's such a virtuous day. I'm going to fast today because it's the 15th of Sha'ban. I'm going to pray extra today because it's the 15th of Sha'ban. No, there's no authentic hadith. Okay, stop where the Prophet stopped. If it was um, good, the Prophet would be the first to do it. And we don't have any authentic narrations regarding this. Okay? This is an innovation that Allah did not send down any authority for. So what I want you to take away from this is that you don't single out this night or day for any kind of worship because the Prophet and none of his companions and none of the students of the companions and none of the students of the students of the companions ever did this, okay? There's no evidence for this, so we leave it. Stop where the Prophet stops. But we can take a benefit here, which is from the first hadith I mentioned of Aisha, that the month of Shaban is the month that deeds are raised to Allah. Okay, we don't know when in this month, what day, but generally it's a month that the deeds are raised to Allah. And the Prophet said, I love to fast while my deeds are being presented to my Lord. So Shaban, we, what we take from this is that Shaban is a time for you to think about everything you've done this year, your deeds for the year that has is passed. And the year that we've just had has been a very unique um, and very challenging year. It's a year that maybe if I sat here 18 months ago with you ladies and told you what would happen, you probably would laugh and not believe me, right? But subhanAllah, Allah decreed and from his wisdom and his infinite and perfect and absolute knowledge that this year would be very different and it would be a very challenging year compared to previous years. A lot of people have passed away. Right? A lot of people's lives have changed very drastically, right? People lost income, people lost their jobs, people are moving away. A lot of different things happened. And we, we ask Allah to rectify the situation and we ask Allah to raise this disease and protect all of the Muslims and, and, and give shifa to all of the Muslims that are ill. But if you were to look back at yourself this past year, where have you gone? Where has your heart gone? Where has your heart gone before Allah in terms of your ikhlas, in, in terms of your sincerity, in terms of your attachment to Allah, in terms of your worship, in terms of you learning Islam, in terms of you loving and attaching yourself to the people of knowledge, 
In terms of you fasting, how much did you fast since last Ramadan? In terms of your dua, in terms of trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having that tawakkul in Allah and his plans and what he decreed for you. What has this last year held for you in terms of your actions and your behavior? Because the month of Sha'ban, and Allah knows best, appears to be a month for reviewing your deeds, right? And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Ya ayyuhalladhina amunu taqullaha wal tandun nafsun ma qaddamat ligad. Wattaqullaha inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amalun. O you who believe, have taqwa of Allah, and let everyone look at what you have put forward for tomorrow. This is in regards to the day of judgment. And then Allah says, and have taqwa of Allah. Indeed, Allah is always aware of everything that you do. So this is a fundamental principle for looking at yourself. Take yourself into account. Where am I going? If I die today, what will I present of my deeds to Allah? How can I get rid of some of my bad deeds and how can I increase in more good deeds? And this is incredibly appropriate, especially with Ramadan so close and quickly approaching. You want to be ready for Ramadan with a clean heart. And you want to have a clean heart when you welcome the month of mercy. Okay. And in order to do that, you have to prepare and clean your heart in Sha'ban. Look at your deeds. Right? Generally, we say Sha'ban is a time to think about your deeds. What can you do more of? What are your goals for Ramadan? Have you made goals for Ramadan? What are you trying to achieve? What kind of person do you want to be when you leave Ramadan? Right? Some scholars, they refer to the month of Sha'ban as Shahrul Qurra, the month of the reciters. Why? Because this is a month that all the, the, the reciters, the hurfad that are going to be leading people in prayer, this is the month they're reciting the Qur'an to prepare for Ramadan. So they don't wait until the first day of Ramadan to prepare that just that they're going to lead in prayer, right? If, and if us, if we haven't opened our Mus'haf all year, our Qur'an all year, do we really think we'll be able to <clears throat> finish the Qur'an three times in Ramadan, ten times? More than that, less than that even, right? No, we have to get ourselves ready now. So open your mushaf this month in Sha'ban. Dedicate yourself towards it. Revise what you need to revise and get ready for Ramadan. And leave off your sins now in Sha'ban. Don't wait until Ramadan to stop listening to music. Don't wait until Ramadan to break up with your boyfriend. Don't wait until Ramadan to, you know, start wearing the hijab, whatever it is. Don't wait. Do it now. The future, tomorrow, the next hour is not promised. Do it now. And the better that you do in Sha'ban, the better you will be in Ramadan, inshallah. Um, the final thing I want to talk about with regards to Sha'ban and, and, and since we're talking about doing acts of worship and good deeds is sincerity and, and of course following the sunnah. And we spoke generally about following the sunnah when we mentioned you know, the, the 15th of Sha'ban and how it's not um, authentic to single that day out in worship. So let's talk about sincerity. And we know that sincerity is required across the board, right? With all your acts of worship, one of the conditions for it to be accepted is that it's sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. But there's like grades to sincerity, if you will. 
For example, in Ramadan, fasting is required for everyone. Everybody knows in Ramadan, everybody fasts, right? So there's no real concealment of the of the fact that you're fasting because that is the asl, that is that is the like the the foundation, right? That is kind of the default. Everybody is fasting except for, of course, those who have an excuse not to. However, we said Sha'ban is one of those months that is neglected, right? And most people are heedless in this month. Most people don't think about doing good in this month, right? So if you're someone who wants to increase in worship in this month, this is a good way to practice achieving ikhlas, achieving sincerity. Try to have some deeds that you don't show to everyone, right? There's, that you don't publicize, that even your spouse doesn't even know of. It's strictly between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yourself, okay? And, and, and I don't mean that, you know, don't do good deeds because you want to hide it in the sense that, you know, someone asked me, if someone goes to pray and they're always in the front row at Fajr and then one day they, they kind of don't want to pray in the front row at Fajr because they're afraid that people are going to be like, oh, this person and, and they're going to, mashallah, this person is so good every day of Fajr in the front row and this person feared like falling into riyah, like being insincere and kind of showing off, should they stop praying in that front row? And the answer is no, the scholars say no, you shouldn't stop the good deeds because this can also be a trick of shaitan to prevent you from doing good. Instead, stand in that row and fight against your, your nafs and renew your intention. And this is how you should be. So I'm not saying don't do good deeds. So if you're fasting in Shaban and someone offers you food, instead of saying, sorry, I'm fasting, you're like, you, you eat, you stop fasting, right? And of course there's scenarios and things like that that, that may make that different, but it's okay. But try to have private deeds as well. The salaf, anything that people saw, any acts of worship that other people saw them do, they would not consider acts of worship, right? And so we should also be like that. We should also strive and increase to have acts of worship that are between Allah subhanahu wa and ourselves. And this is a nice way to, to develop that intimacy and that relationship with Allah, that, that you, there's something special that only he knows of that you do only for him, okay? So, and the point is that when people see the good deeds that you do, they should only see the tip of the iceberg, not that whole other part that is under the water, okay? And, and that's pretty much it. So the focus that you want to take away for Shaban are two things, focus, on Sha'ban as a way to prepare for Ramadan in every single way, in terms of reading Quran, in terms of fasting, dua, dhikr, praying night prayer, increasing in other voluntary prayers, and so on, okay? Every single thing you plan to do in Ramadan, do it now, build it as a habit now. And the other is to focus on the virtue of doing good deeds at a time when many people are negligent and heedless. And this is from the blessings of Allah and from the mercy he has upon us. If he gives us the ability to be able to do those good deeds um, when other people, many, many other people are heedless, that, but he has guided us and granted us the tawfiq, the ability, the success to do those good deeds. 
So that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made easy for me to share with you all today. Um, so inshallah, we can open up the floor if there's any questions and, you know, for discussion, feedback, comments, inshallah. Naam, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you so very much. May Allah reward you abundantly, Sister Sarah, for this wonderful presentation. Inshallah, may Allah reward you. I would like to call on the sisters uh, um, to really come up with a question. We have a lot of time. We made it so that we can really benefit for this and have uh, questions answered by our Ustad. So go ahead and ask questions, sisters. Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah, Sister Severoni, that was an amazing presentation on the virtues of Shaban. Um, Shaban is an amazing month. I'm glad that you highlighted it so that we can make the most of this opportunity, of the many opportunities that Allah gives us. Um, the, the lecture was so clear <laughs> that I really don't have any questions this time, but if there are any other sisters who are interested in asking questions about the month of Sha'ban and the virtues of it, uh, this will be the opportunity to do so. Okay, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Thank you for the input. Does anyone have any comments? If no questions, alhamdulillah, everything was clear. I mean, the knowledge is beneficial. We truly appreciate you, Sister Severoni. Nahila? Naam, alhamdulillah. We have to call our sister um, Adiza. Go ahead and see if you have anything to add to this. Go ahead, Sister Khadij. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, all I had to say is thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, we appreciate the sister. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jazakum Allah wa Allah reward you, but everything was clear. Alhamdulillah. All right, Sister Iman, Sister Iman. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum, Sister Iman. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Nahila, how are you? Alhamdulillah. I'm so happy to know that I, I, I made it finally. <laughs> alhamdulillah, I'm so happy. I was, um, I just uh, came in, in the middle, but Alhamdulillah, everything, mashallah, uh, very beautiful, mashallah, it's a beautiful speaking. We would like to call on uh, Sister Peggy. Sister Peggy, thank you, Sister uh, Iman. That's beautiful. Uh, so happy to have you on board. Okay, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. What is a prefer or what is a much better way for women as, in terms of praying Tarawih, regardless of the COVID-19 pandemic at this time? Let's say there is no pandemic in it. What is the best recommendation in terms of women staying home and praying Tarawih or joining the Tarawih in the masjid? What do you mean, Aaron? Salam. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so the the default, you know, as the Prophet said, is that the home is the best place for a woman to pray. Um, however, if she wants to go to the masjid, then she's not, um, you know, her father, her husband, whoever she lives with is not, um, cannot prohibit her, prevent her from going to the masjid. Um, my personal advice, I think is it's case by case basis. And I think it depends on that person individually. Um, of course, if there's, you know, harm or anything like that, if she leaves her home, then maybe it's better to stay at home. But if she's someone who maybe has a hard time reading the Quran, struggles, but if she's able to go to the masjid and pray tarawih, then um, 
that's more helpful to her and she's able to do more worship, then she has the ability to do so, she should do that and take advantage of that, especially because there's so, so many virtues to uh, praying um, um, with, the, uh, with the imam. Uh, if you pray with the imam from beginning until he finishes the tarawih, it's, it's written for you as if you prayed the entire night. So there's a lot of virtues to praying tarawih in the masjid. Um, so I personally would encourage the sisters to do that if they're able to. Of course, now with the pandemic, it's maybe not um, something that is feasible. Um, and, but if you're able to at home, whether you've memorized the Quran or you're a fluent reader, um, some scholars, they say that you can read from the Mus'haf in voluntary prayers. Right. So if you're not a member, if you haven't memorized the Quran, but you're a fluent reader and you feel comfortable doing that, that's also an alternative. But like I said, you know, there's there's a lot of virtues to being with the jama'ah and praying behind the imam, especially for tarawih in Ramadan. Um, and it's something that the feeling is undescribable, right, to stand with all of your other sisters and to pray behind the imam and just listen to the speech of Allah. So it's something that you want to take advantage of as it comes once a year. Jazakallah khair. May Allah reward you abundantly. That's great. Amen. Thank you. Mr. Muzamzam, any other question, comments, or in the chat? No, alhamdulillah. I think Sister Sabaroni did an amazing job talking about the virtues of Sha'aban and continuing and preparing us for this month of Ramadan, inshallah. Um, I really appreciate you, Sister Severoni. Um, I'm inspired, ready, you know, for Ramadan, and I'm going to start now. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, so, yes, the, the shaitans are chained up. Um, when we talk about the shaitans, the, the, the bigger shaitans. Um, there, some scholars mentioned. Um, sorry, Sister Sarah. If you're not talking, sisters, can you mute yourselves because it's got a lot of echoes, please? Yeah, just mute yourself and thank you. Go ahead, Sister Sarah. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so the, the bigger shaitans are the ones that are locked up, chained. Um, but some scholars mentioned that small the smaller shaitans but um are not. But these ones are small, they're tiny, they shouldn't have any influence over you. Um, and so this is a good, it's a good question because it's a point of reflection. If we're people that in Ramadan, when the, 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 the big shaitans are chained, yet we're still falling into sins and we're still fighting and doing all these different things, then in reality, we don't have the shaitan to blame. It's us, we blame ourselves, our own nafs, right? Because shaitan, all the other 11 months of the year has got, has such a tight grip on you, right? That even when he's chained up, you are still stuck with his bad habits that he's been whispering to you. And you didn't cleanse yourself from this. And this is why we said it's important to make toba and start now before Ramadan, because a lot of us are very much influenced. One of, uh, you know, there's a, um, example that a lot of people use um, in trying to explain this and is if, if you take like a glass of water or a bottle of water and you stir you shake it and then you put it down the water is still going to be moving in that bottle until it eventually settles and some some scholars mentioned that this is you can take this as a parable to the shaitan and how even when he's chained he has that you know 
quote unquote control. I don't mean control as in like he makes you do these things, but he whispers to you and you, you know, our nefs ourselves are so weak that we just automatically do whatever we're tempted with. Um, and so because of that control and that, that influence that he's had on you for these 11 months and you haven't worked hard to, you know, let go of these things and, and break from the shackles of the, of the whispers of the shaitan, then in Ramadan, he still has that influence over you. And this is why we see a lot of people, they're still, you know, they're fighting, they, they have this bad attitude while they're fasting. And, and as we said in the past, you know, with fasting, you have to be patient. And we said there's different levels of patience, patience with doing, being obedient to Allah, patience with staying away from disobeying Allah. And this is all part of the rewards of fasting. You know, when we do acts of worship, there's two things. You is accepted in terms of its validity, and then you're also rewarded for it. Validity. Did I fast from Fajr to Maghrib without drinking anything, eating anything, having any sexual intercourse? Yes, okay, that fast is valid. Now, as am I rewarded? Is this fast accepted? Will Allah accept it from me? Well, it depends. How did you spend your day fasting? Were you listening to music all day? Were you cursing and backbiting all day? Did you spend your entire day sleeping until Maghrib time and you missed all of your prayers, right? So now is that going to be uh, accepted in terms of reward? No, this person's reward will be diminished. It'll be le less than the person who worked hard and prepared before Ramadan and cleansed himself of the sins and purified his heart so that he's not, you know, be a slave to the shaitan and his desires. So when he comes into Ramadan, he's striving hard and being patient to not backbite and, and do all of these sins and, and fight with people and, and have a short temper or be hangry, right? You know, having a bad attitude because you're hungry, all of these things. No, the objective is taqwa. Do your best to, uh, to put a shield between yourself and the anger of Allah. And then you want to practice that now so that it's easier in Ramadan. One quick question, Sister Sara. Jazakallah khairan. Um, how do you, what's the best dua, which I, I do one most of the time, which is uh, narrated for Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma inni a'uzu bika min hamazati shayateen wa'uzu bika min I do that, but I feel like uh, it's just like uh, it keep coming to you, keep coming, keep trying to mess up a person's brain, you know, put you down and, you know, and always like you scared almost uh, what, 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 you know, what's the best dua to defeat shaitan? Um, and uh, not only in Ramadan, but just everyday regular routine. Uh, I mean, the shortest one is which I try that a lot. But it seems like sometimes it's just too stubborn. To, it won't go away. Won't go away. You know? What would you suggest, uh, Sister Sarah? I wish I had an answer for you. And the reason I say that is because this is the reality and the test of this life. Is to strive against the shaitan. Uh, there's no one unless you're Isa alayhi salam who was protected from the shaitan due to the dua of his mother, Maryam, when, when he was born. Right? But all of us will have the influence of shaitan to one degree or another. Um, and what is upon us is to make, you can say, make any dua that you can, but you know, more so read the Quran, study who Allah is. You know, the stronger your tawheed, the weaker the temptations of the shaitan. Okay, look at the, like, for example, look at the likes of Umar radiallahu anhu. 
he was so strong in his tawheed and his in his yaqeen and his certainty of Allah and the oneness of Allah and worshiping Allah alone that if he would take a path the shaitan would see him on that path and run the opposite direction right and this is this is umar radiallahu anhu so we should strive my advice is study tawheed revise your tawheed strengthen your tawheed perfect your tawheed avoid sins and you know that moment when the shaitan is tempting you and you're like teetering should i you know just be strong or like and fight it or let him overpower me in that moment if you stay patient and you're staying strong you will become stronger and stronger and stronger against his temptations to the point where then he won't have that effect on you anymore because you're able to stay strong so it's all it's it's really you know purification of our hearts and just being patient and and really it's hard work and it's going to take you until you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know even in your salah trying to focus and not you know be tempted by the whispers of the shaitan and distractions of this dunya and things like that um inshallah it's 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 a lifelong battle against the shaitan but strengthening your tawheed you know learning about who Allah is um and having that certainty in it is what will help you inshallah Jazakallah khair and sister. Any other questions, sisters? Dr. Mohammed, are you on the board? I know earlier you were saying that uh, you still have a patient. Uh, are you listening? Assalamu alaikum, yes, but I, I literally joined at the time the answer question started, so I didn't listen to the lecture. I would have to hear it um, in the recorded time, inshallah. Absolutely. Jazakallah care. Taking yeah, time out of your busy schedule and listening. And then, yes, inshallah, we will have the recording available, inshallah, as a podcast now. Any yeah, other questions? From the question answer session. So, good. Um, go ahead. I'm benefiting from the question answer session. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Allah reward, Sister Sarah. Amin, Amin, Amin. Uh, Sister Rukaya, Sister Rukaya, the beautiful Rukaya, can you, did you, mashallah, do you have any question, comment? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, alhamdulillah. Wa alaikum salam, go ahead. Very good election, alhamdulillah. Mashallah, mashallah. Thank you so much. I don't have any question. Barakallahu fiqh. Wa yaki. Sister Sarah, how did you... I mean, Sister Omo Zanzam, any other question in the chat? Uh, no, I, I don't have any questions, but I am learning from the questions that our sisters pose, you know, during this session. So this has been an amazing experience. Uh, one of the things that I find, you know, inshallah, that, that helps me focus is that this is, this is not only our acts of worship to Allah, Azawajal, when we pray, this is our communication with the law. And so when we talk there in and we start our salah, you got Allah's attention. And I kind of think of if I'm talking to a human being, um, I want to give them my utmost respect and attention. Uh, Allah sees you and he hears you. And so during that time, I want to give him, you know, the best kushur, the best concentration and uh, respect that I can possibly give him during this 
I guess, conversation <laughs> that I'm having. So makes things a lot easier, you know, alhamdulillah, to give Allah not only the worship that he's due, but the respect that he's, that he's due. We give our humans, our fellow brothers and sisters, our full attention when they're talking to us. We need to give Allah our full attention when we're talking, you know, to him. But this is great. I'm, I'm excited, alhamdulillah. All of the knowledge that has been presented here today uh, is a benefit. Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah, Kher, Sister Umazamzam, thank you very much. And uh, if any other sister have anything, any comments, we would like to wrap it up and uh, give a chance to Sister Sarah to, if you don't have any other questions or any comments, we would like to have uh, Sister Sarah to do the closing dua for us. Alhamdulillah, Rabbi Alameen, we really appreciate her. May Allah reward her abundantly. May Allah increase all of us also in our deen and bless us uh, tremendously. We really appreciate all of us coming together for the sake of Allah, seeking knowledge that will benefit us because like we all know, everything will perish. We're all gonna die and leave every single thing in this dunya. But the only thing that will remain is our deen, our connection to Allah, our mercy, and our help that we're doing. May Allah also reward those who are helping us and reward those who are helping. Inshallah, Amen. 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 Without further ado, Sister Sarah, uh, any closing argument and closing with a dua for us? Sure. Um, I mean, Jazakallah Khairan um, to all the sisters here, inshallah, for um, having us and, and always coming and, and, and being active and listening and participating is, is appreciated. And I ask Allah to make it heavy on all of our skills to make this a witness for us and not against us, a proof for us and not against us, and to increase us in this knowledge and to keep us safe until Ramadan and to allow us to reach Ramadan and complete Ramadan with high Iman. Um, and we ask him to accept it from us. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.